All right, I'm going to need you to buckle up and prepare for some revelation, okay? We're not we're not to the book of Revelation quite yet in our Bible study breakdown series, although it is coming very soon. However, there is going to be a lot of revelation inside of this episode today. Um, today, I'm going to be exposing some shocking truths about the struggles that are really plaguing the online coaching industry. Here's what you need to know. Despite this glamorous facade, okay, that online coaches portray on Instagram, on social media, that 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 they're living this like luxurious life, that they're working like an hour a day and bringing in like two hundred thousand grand a month. Like, um, here's the thing that you need to know. I'm not saying that there aren't individuals who who have that lifestyle, who work minimal hours and have created massive financial success in their business. Here's what I need you to know, though, about the majority of the online coaches space. Most online coaches are secretly broke. Despite what they want you to think, most online coaches are not making money. Okay. And if they are making money, most online coaches, I would say, are probably making less than 2000 a month in their business, which is, at least in the United States, not nearly enough to support yourself and your family. Here is why I believe that most online coaches are broke, okay? Um, there is a serious, like, epidemic of a lack of endurance, I believe, in our society and specifically within the online coaching space. We live in a microwave world. Like, like we want everything. We want it right now. It doesn't work that way, okay, in the online coaching business. This thing takes time. When you raised your hand and said that you wanted to join the online coaching space, you're like, I want to be an online coach. Do you realize that you willingly raised your hand and said that you wanted to be part of one of the most competitive industries on the market? Do you realize that? Okay. And one where the majority don't make it. And when I say make it, I mean like actually supporting their family financially, making enough money to support themselves and their family financially. So I need you to first understand that shocking truth about the online space. However, there is hope. Okay, this is not this is not just a sad doom and gloom episode. Despite discouraging odds, okay, there is an antidote to the failure that so many coaching businesses experience. Um, and it is found within the pages of the Bible. Shocker how the Bible has the answers to this worldly issue, right? Um, now, more specifically, not only is the answer within the Bible, we're today going to be studying the pages of Hebrews. So I need to brace yourselves, buckle up, because I'm not going to sugarcoat in this episode. Not that I ever do, but I'm specifically not going to sugarcoat today. Uh, this is going to be a very tough love episode straight from the Bible that will challenge your beliefs and challenge the way that you're you are approaching your business so that you can propel yourself toward unstoppable success. Brent, it is time to unlearn the ways of the world, specifically the ways of the coaching space that are leading so many to failure. And I am going to use that word failure, and I'll explain more so the context of that word in a moment. And I want you to instead replace, unlearn those bad habits and relearn habits that are going to help you exceptionally thrive in a very competitive industry. Okay. We got to kick failure to the curb and all the habits that are leading to it. So without further ado, grab your Bibles because we're going to go through a lot of scripture today. This is a very scripture packed episode. Unless you're driving, you need to have your Bible open. You need a pen, you need a highlighter, you need a notebook. I'm going to give you lots of notes. Let's dive in.
Hey coach, welcome to the Bible's Babies and Business podcast. Are you ready to get more consistent, high ticket clients in your online coaching business without having to go through exhausting flops launches? Are you constantly searching for podcast episodes, looking for that key to unlocking $10,000 months in your business? Do you have big dreams of becoming debt free, going on more family vacations and staying home with your kids? But right now, your business isn't even breaking $2,000 a month? Hey there, I'm Cami. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. A few years ago, before I was known for being a high-ticket sales expert for online coaches, and before I founded my program, High Ticket Powerhouse, which offers some of the best marketing and sales strategy in the coaching industry, I was just your average online coach, struggling to get by. I didn't know how to get clients, make consistent money online, or get out of the painful cycle of living paycheck to paycheck and drowning in debt. And to make matters worse, my husband and I were struggling through years of infertility and needed tens of thousands of dollars to grow our family. Oh, and on top of that, student loans and credit card debt. Needless to say, financially, we were a sinking ship. My business needed to make money. My family depended on it. That's when I discovered the art of how to close high ticket sales. And the best part, you don't need thousands of Instagram followers or ever have to struggle through another duct taped Instagram launch ever again. In this podcast, you'll find practical sales strategies to use in your own coaching business, biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, and a healthy dose of tough love. Because one thing you need to know about me, I don't sugarcoat it. My ultimate goal is to turn you into an absolute powerhouse at selling your high ticket coaching online. So you can be a blessing to your family, a blessing to your clients and create life-changing impact for the kingdom of heaven. So grab your Bible, your laptop, and let's get to work because you were made for this. So let's first address the elephant in the room, and that is the fact that I am not going to be shying away from using the word failure today. Now, it is not lost on me that so many people shy away from using the word failure. They're like, well, I don't really like to use the word fail. You know, it's kind of a harsh word. Like, let's acknowledge that. However, today I am going to use that word. And here's the context in which I'm going to be using the word failure as it relates to an online coaching business, okay? If you're creating a business, you're creating that business to serve and to make money. If you are not making money in your business, that is like that, that, that just completely destroys the purpose of having a business, right? I'm not saying that the only reason that you have a business is to make money. However, that is a very important byproduct. And any business owner that says money isn't that important to me is probably not a very good business owner. Okay. So if you are owning a business and you're not making money yet, you are not a failure, okay? Hear me clearly. There are um, two ways to fail in the online coaching space, and this comes from the wisdom of Betsy Crony, uh, my mindset and and neuroscience mentor, and they are this. Um, you can fail two ways in the online coaching space. Number one, failure to start, and that really is going to hit a lot of people hard because so many people think that, well, if I just don't start the business, then I can never fail at the business. But you are, in fact, failing by not starting it in the first place. So anybody that is hesitating to even start out of fail- feeling fear of like, well, what if it doesn't work out? Just know that like you can fail by not even starting or not even trying, okay? That is one way you can fail. The other way that you can fail is by giving up before you see the results that you want. 
Okay. A lot of times people will emphasize the latter. They'll be like, well, the only way you fail is by giving up. Yes, absolutely. But you also can fail by not even starting. Um, so I'm not going to shy away from that. And I'm not going to shy away from the purpose of these businesses, which is to serve people. And if we're going to serve people, that means we have to get clients. If we're going to get clients, that means that we have to make a sale. Um, and if we're going to make a sale, then that means we are earning income. People are like, oh, I, I want my business to bring so much impact. I hear you. I agree with you. But just understand you can't bring impact without making a sale. Okay. So all the Christians that are shying away from like, I don't know. I feel nervous about making money. I feel nervous about charging. Like just understand that you're not going to bring transformation in your business without a sale. So we got to, we got to learn sales. We, we can't shy away from making money about around charging in our business. So, so let's just first address that elephant in the room. I'm going to use that word failure. And that is the context in which I'm using it. Um, I want to tell you a quick little story. This story, I'm going to keep the person anonymous. This is about somebody um, that I'm very close to that I love tremendously. And this person set out on a journey that you may be familiar with. And this person set out on a journey called 75 Hard. Now, if you're not familiar with 75 Hard, I'll just briefly explain it to you. It is a you against you type of, not competition, but like a challenge that for 75 days, you would do the following. Now, I may, I may miss a couple points in here, so forgive me. But you, for 75 days straight, you would not drink any alcohol. You would follow a diet, any diet you want, and you would not cheat on that diet, not even in a little bit. You would read 10 pages of a nonfiction book. You would do two workouts a day, totaling to at least 45 minutes each workout. One of those workouts has to be outside, and you would drink a gallon of water. There might be one that I'm missing. There might not. Don't come for me if I miss something. Um, this person that I knew embarked on this journey of 75 hard. And if you like just Google 75 hard or if you look it up on Instagram, it's a very, it's it's trending. Like a lot of people attempt this challenge. Um, most people, I would venture to say, don't make it. It's a very challenging <laughs> challenge. Uh, yeah, there's lots of people that, that will start the 75 day challenge and they'll give up a couple days in. But this person that I knew, um, completed the challenge. And not only did they complete the challenge, they completed the challenge, particularly the outside workout part of the challenge in the middle of winter. I observed this person putting on clothes, <laughs> like bundles and bundles of layers of clothes to go outside in freezing, below freezing temperatures even, um, to walk outside for 45 minutes in order to accomplish this challenge of doing something incredibly hard for 75 days straight. And guess what? They completed it. They completed what so many people failed to complete. Okay. And again, remember that context in which I'm using the word failed, they gave up before they completed. And this is something that I'm, I'm massively proud of this person. And what I have observed in this person's life, this is somebody that I know they're not a coach, um, but they are somebody who aspires to be part of probably the most competitive industry on the planet. And that is the music industry, okay? Um, I, I understand that the, co the coaching industry is incredibly competitive. Um, however, I believe that the music industry, like the acting industry, those industries I think are even more competitive than the coaching space. But this person that completed 75 Hard, they aspire to be part of the music scene and to make a full-time income as somebody who is creating music and performing and touring. And 
what is something that is so interesting is after this person that I know completed their 75 hard challenge, there was confidence and discipline instilled in their life to a new level and to, to a new degree. And what is the interesting part about it is that not long after they completed this 75 hard challenge, there was a massive momentum that started to kick off in their career. And now this person is negotiating a contract to be represented by management and has um, been discussing a game plan to really step into the music scene as a full-time artist and a full-time songwriter and has an opportunity to collaborate with some some big names in the business and uh, even a songwriter that worked with Taylor Swift. So what I'm trying to share with you here is there is fruit that comes from faith, discipline, hard work, and learning how to overcome obstacles so that you can not just survive, but thrive. Whether you're an online coach, whether you're an aspiring musician, whether you are an accountant, whoever you are, there's fruit that comes from discipline, hard work, embracing the concept of endurance and faith. And that's something that I think is really lost in our world today, because again, we live in a very microwaved society. So with that being said, today, like I told you, it is a Bible study breakdown episode, and I want to focus in on Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12. Now I'm going to read for you a little bit of Hebrews 11. I encourage you to go through and read the whole chapter, Hebrews 11 and chapter Hebrews 12. It won't take you very long. I'm not going to read the whole thing today. I'm going to, I'm going to read little bits and pieces of it, but I want you to go back and read the whole thing so that you have full context and understanding. But I want to share with you the hall of faith. You know how in sports there's the hall of fame? Um, well, in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, there is the hall of faith. People in biblical scripture that demonstrated incredible faith in God and the assignments that they gave him. And so I'm going to read a little bit for you today. Um, And again, I'm in chapter 11 of Hebrews. Here it is. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. And this is where I'm going to start paraphrasing it because at almost the beginning of every single paragraph in this chapter, almost every beginning of the paragraph, it talks about by faith, this person did this. And this is what I'm going to read to you. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. That speaks to me as you know that Lucas and I are going through infertility. Um, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. 
It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. Think about that for a moment. I'm going to read that one again. It was by faith that Moses' parents, remember, there was a massacre, a genocide that was going to happen in Egypt. And by faith, Moses' parents hid him in a basket down the Nile, which is one of, if not the most dangerous rivers on earth, um, for, for, and hid him for three months when he was born. Like, like this is incredible. You guys, this is the hall of faith. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the wall came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed when the people in her city who refused to obey God, um, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And then it goes on to say, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from death. That is the hall of faith, okay? And I, I skimmed that for you. I was mostly reading, again, the first sentence of every paragraph, but I encourage you to go back and read the whole Hebrews 11. The hall of faith is something that inspires faith in us, that God is capable of making what seems like impossible requests to man. And as long as man is obedient and has faith and believes, God can do miraculous works through that man to bring even more faith and inspire even more faith into the world. So that is one thing that I see lacking in the online space, especially amongst Christian coaches, which there's an irony there to that, because as Christians, I believe that we should have the most faith out of everyone because we have the Holy Spirit. But there, there is a lack of faith in the online space. Sometimes I'll ask coaches, hey, do you genuinely believe that your business is going to make it and it's just a matter of time? You wouldn't believe how many times people struggle with that question and they actually hesitate to say yes. Let me tell you this. And again, this doesn't come from my brain. This comes from the brain of Betsy Crony, um, my mindset neuroscience mentor. Uh, You cannot outwork your programming. If you have a neurological pathway in your brain that believes that really, no matter how hard you try, it's not going to work out for you, guess what? It's not going to work out for you. Not because of any weird new age or manifestation or or calling things into the universe, but because what you focus on grows. And scripture says, as he thinketh in his heart, so it is. AKA whatever thought that you are ruminating on over and over and over and over, whatever belief patterns you have in your head, 
is what your your actions will default to because 90% of your day, 90% of your life, 90% of your business is ran by your subconscious thoughts. And if you subconsciously believe that you are going to fail, you cannot outwork that subconscious belief. So you have to learn how to rewire that subconscious belief into actually believing that your success is inevitable, aka faith, even though you haven't seen it yet. I'm going to reread to you that first line in Hebrews 11. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Okay. So when I ask people, hey, do you believe this is actually going to happen for you? And they hesitate. That's a huge sign of a lack of faith. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Okay. Inside my program, High Ticket Powerhouse, that's why we have a Christian mindset and neuroscience mentor in the program to teach you how to rewire your thoughts so that you can actually have the faith to believe that you're going to have success in your business. Because if you don't have the faith to believe that, it is impossible for you to achieve and continue having success in your business because you cannot outwork your programming. Okay. So that is number one. That's the first way that we overcome obstacles so that we can thrive in our business by actually having faith. The second thing that we need to talk about today is actually running the race with endurance. I want to first start off by saying that you are, you're going to run out of endurance um, if you run out of faith. If I ran out of faith that my business was actually going to work, eventually I would become burnt out and run out of endurance. So if you were going to run the race with endurance, like scripture says, then you need to have re, like rejuvenated faith every single day, rejuvenated faith, um, to fuel you running the race with endurance. I'm going to read to you a couple scriptures in Hebrews 12, and then we're going to break this thing down because what I'm going to share to you is, what do I have? Four things, four characteristics that I see lacking in the online coaching space that is leading so many coaches to fail in their businesses. Okay. So let's, let's acknowledge first Hebrews 12 verses one through four. And this is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this, listen, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. You mean that I cannot have perfected faith without Jesus? Correct. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. I want to read to you one more verse, and then we're going to start breaking this thing down. And this is Hebrews 12, 12. It says, so take a new grip. That resonated with me so much. Maybe you feel like you have a weak grip right now, that you have been just, just, just striving in your business. You've been holding on so hard. You've been trying every single day and you feel tired and weak and burnt out right now. Um, let me encourage you through biblical scripture, through the power of the Holy Spirit to take a new grip. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet, AKA make a plan so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. I'm going to read that one last part. Mark out a straight path for your feet, as in you mark out a plan for your 
feet for you yourself to walk on so that those as in other people who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. Let me, um, let me share that how this can relate to the coaching space. Make a plan for yourself and walk in it and succeed so that you can mentor other people and how to walk in that same hard path, overcome and succeed. If you're an online coach, your job is to teach other people how to walk through hard paths and how to have transformations that change their life. But if you yourself are not able to overcome hard things, how are you going to teach other people how to do that? Scripture is just coming alive here. Um, It's incredible. So let's break this thing down, okay? Like I said to you in the beginning, most online coaches are broke. They are, okay? And, And how do I know this? Because I interview coaches all the time. I talk to coaches all the time. It is my job to understand what coaches are going through. And the number one thing that coaches say to me is, Cammie, I need to get more clients so that I can make more money because I'm not making enough of it, okay? So understand when I say, Um, Most online coaches are broke. That's not just me pulling that out of thin air. I've actually had conversations with so many coaches. And like that is that is the number one thing that I keep hearing. Again, despite what they want you to think, because here's the thing about social media, um, and I I too have fallen guilty of this, of of displaying an image that's not actually true behind the scenes because social media is very, very good at showing you what what we as the creators want you to see rather than what is actually true. So we show you the highlights of our life, almost romanticizing our life so that you think, man, wow, aren't these people amazing? They have everything. I have nothing. I must follow them in order to have my life look like theirs. But but all the while, things could be falling apart behind the scenes, but we would never show you that, okay? That's just the, the transparent truth about social media. Um, and the Lord led me to this verse, Proverbs 13, 7, some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be poor. And I feel like that's such a um, statement of the United States right now, considering how many people are in debt. And, and I'm saying that, like, I too, like, we're not debt-free yet. It's a goal. We, we've made progress. Um, but how many people are living paycheck to paycheck and um, outliving their means, like like just just stretching their dollar so that they can drive the fancy vehicle, um, so that they can have the fancy clothes to appear to other people like, hey, I'm rich, I'm wealthy. Now, why are they doing that? And I believe that deep down, it's because there's a self-worth issue that, hey, I'm not enough by myself. I and because I'm not enough by myself, I must have these other things that equate to money, aka the currency of value of the world, to show other people that I myself am valuable. Because I don't believe that myself, just as I am, just as the person that Christ died for me as, is enough. And so people will cover up their what they feel is not enoughness by buying all these things, stretching their dollar, um, going into massive amounts of debt to appear to other people like they are rich. Because again, the currency of our world is money, um, which is what we so oftentimes pertain is value. If you were to to um, look in our driveway, okay, and, and I want to say this from a humble place, Lucas and I are not perfect by any means. We've made a million and one mistakes. But one thing that I have been recently humbled by is our ve- one of our vehicles. We have two vehicles. We have a Dodge Ram. Um, that is my goal to have that thing paid off by the end of the year. And then we have a, I think it's like a Hyundai. I really don't even know. <laughs> it's a silver car, okay? And God presented to us this amazing opportunity to have this car. 
Um, which, by the way, if you looked at a car, you would be very unimpressed because the hood of the car is chipped with paint. Like, if you saw that car, you'd be like, what? Like, like, like it's embarrassing to look at, let alone drive. Um, but something that had the Lord has humbled me with is he cr- provided an opportunity for us to pay cash for that car. So that car has no debt attached to it. Um, it's not fancy. It's not luxurious. It, it, it's actually quite embarrassing to drive. However, um, it is what I believe a sentiment of us not being perfect at, at all of our money decisions. I could go through a long list of bad money mistakes we've made, but making a good money decision that does not make us look flashy to the world, but we could pay for that thing in cash. We have no payments associated with that car. It saves us so much money in gas, especially when gas rates were skyrocketing with inflation. And it it has allowed us again to save so much money so that in the future we can buy a better vehicle. And so when I read this verse, some people who are poor pretend to be rich. If you were to look at that vehicle and say, hey, what do you think, like, like, what do you think the finances looks like of the people who own that vehicle? You'd probably say, well, they're probably struggling. Okay, well, I'm not saying that we're perfect, but we're not struggling, okay? And it's just so interesting how like the Lord brought that imagery up in my head because I'm so embarrassed by that car so often. Um, but there is a problem, an epidemic of people in the United States who are outliving their means in order to appear rich to other people when oftentimes the people who are the wealthiest don't look the wealthiest. They don't need to show it off, okay? And so just something to, to um, chew on a little bit. Um, now let's go into characteristics, okay? Here are some of the most lacking characteristics that I see in the online coaching space today that lead to the destruction and failure of people's online coaching businesses. Um, and the, the first one is a lack of endurance, okay? We live in a microwave society. People want results. They want them now. They break down at every single obstacle. They get discouraged when people say no to their offer or I can't afford it. And um, like like people will contemplate giving up if their launch doesn't go well. That is the number one characteristic that I see in the online coaching space of coaches that are not making it is a lack of endurance, a lack of committing to the hard road in order to see the fruit on the other side. And that is something that, again, as I said earlier, when you decided to become an online coach and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to have an online coaching business. You may not have realized it then, but you raised your hand and said, hey, I want to be part of one of the most competitive industries out there on the market. Okay. This place is competitive. Most online coaches are broke. Most coaches don't make it. And so my point in telling you that is please don't walk into the online coaching space willy-nilly without thinking it through, thinking it's going to be a shoe-in, thinking it's going to be an easy moneymaker or a get-quick, a get-rich-quick scheme without any troubles at all and then break down in discouragement the first or second or third or hundredth time you hit a roadblock. I see coaches quitting when they hit roadblocks, rather than using those roadblocks as opportunities to problem solve and become an even better coach. So that is characteristic number one that I see lacking in the coaching space that's leading to people not having successful businesses and it's a lack of endurance, okay? Um, Number two, never giving up. Now, I have made all the mistakes and I will say that as many times as you need to hear it. I am anything but perfect. In fact, I have made 
just probably all the mistakes, just about, if not all, the mistakes that I teach my clients to not do now, okay? And that is what I believe has helped me become such a great coach in sales is because I've made all the sales mistakes. Um, The difference is that I didn't give up because of those mistakes, again, which leads to the endurance issue that is happening so much in the online coaching space. Um, Never give up. The online coaches who are making it, aka the ones that are making money, that are supporting their families, that are able to actually see financial fruit in their business are the ones who A, have endurance and B, are never giving up. Let's just reflect back to a couple scriptures here. Second Chronicles 15, 7. But as for you, be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. First Corinthians 15, 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. I want that last word to resonate with you. Immovable. As in all, all storms could break loose on you. You could have a flopped launch. You could have 17 people say no to you in a row. You could have people um, leaving hater comments on your Instagram post. You could have everything bad happen, but you would still be immovable. I don't see that in the online space. I see a lot of people who are who are going with the wind and the waves and like, oh, oh, I think I'm going to do this idea. Or no, 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 I, I'm going to go hire that coach. And they're not staying in one place long enough to actually get roots built and, and growing so they can have a strong foundation in their business, okay? Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. The third characteristic that I see lacking in the online coaching space is coaches surrounding themselves with individuals who sharpen them, aka community. It is a biblical principle that the Lord tells us to be in fellowship because you are more vulnerable in isolation. The devil wants you in isolation because you are so much easier to attack when you're in isolation. So let's just look at some scripture here. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. If you're struggling in your business and you're also not in a group coaching program, A plus B equals C, okay? You don't have mentorship. You don't have community. You don't have people that are sharpening you, okay? Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. I wish we could stay there for so much longer. We can't. Um, I have a coaching call in four minutes. We're going we're gonna to run through this thing. Disciplined, okay? There's a lack of discipline in the online coaching space. Proverbs 13, 4. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, They labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Sounds like an entrepreneur, right? Somebody who doesn't have them um, hovering over their shoulder, making them go to work every day. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity, which is something that is just soaking in the coaching space, scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Why? Why is God saying that? Because how you do one thing tends to be how you do everything. So if you have a sloppy routine, if you have a sloppy approach to taking care of your body, if you have a sloppy house, if you have a sloppy office, guess what? You probably have a sloppy business. Again, I told you I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The last 
the last thing that I see in the online coaching space that's leading people to failure. Again, I wish I could stay here for another hour. I have a coaching call in three minutes now that I got to wrap up. It's powerhouse call. We're, we're demonstrating. I'm going to be demonstrating a sales call today. So I need to be there rocking and rolling and ready. The last characteristic, um, a lack of investment in wise mentorship. There's not, a, there's not a lack of investment. There's just a lack of investment in wise mentorship. Okay. So investing in wise mentorship to help you overcome your business problems faster and with greater success. We're going to run through five scriptures and we're going to close this thing out. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Proverbs 9, 9. Instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. If you don't have advisors and your business is, is struggling, again, A plus B equals C. And then lastly, Proverbs 2018. Plans succeed through good counsel. Not just any counsel. In fact, Biblical scripture, there's many times where people received bad counsel and it led to destruction. So make sure that you're investing in good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. Friends, I got 60 seconds to cut it to you straight. You need to be in high ticket powerhouse. This is my group coaching program teaching you how to create an irresistible offer, how to really master the art of high ticket sales so that you can get more clients and turn your business into a money making machine. I've been talking to you about this for months and some of you just have still not sent in your application and yet you're complaining that your business is struggling. Okay. It's time to decide. Are you going to be part of the majority of online coaches who are struggling and never make it? Or are you going to become part of the elite who have successful businesses? The application is down in the show notes. Click the link to watch my free training. After the free free training, click the button to apply to High Ticket Powerhouse. I need to see you on my books next week. I love you. I'll see you on Monday. Hey coach, thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got exactly what you needed to hear, even if it stung a little. Every week, I am committed to showing up here on the show and bringing you not one, but two value-packed episodes to help you grow deeper in your faith, build a profitable coaching business, and become an absolute powerhouse at getting high-ticket coaching clients online. And the number one way that you can support the Bible's Babies and Business podcast is by taking 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and then share this show with a friend. Thank you for partnering with me to get these episodes out to as many online coaches as possible because the world needs more powerhouse women building online coaching businesses for the kingdom of heaven. I appreciate you, I love you, and I'll see you in the next episode.